The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to Jamie D and Big Newt. I'm Jamie D'Amico. But you know who he is. I don't even have to introduce this man anymore. That's Big Chris Newton. And hey, before we get into anything at all, and we didn't talk about this ahead of time, can you tell us once again about our intro music? Of course, man. My boy Weeze, man. Mr. Weeze. Um, he passed away three years ago, man. And he was a rapper out of St. Louis. And and uh, we got the rights to the music, and he gave us our intro, man. So we're blessed to have the track, man. It's a good one. It's got some really nice sort of 90s vibe to it. I'm I'm a big fan. But anyway, we're back at you. And just so everybody knows, we are going to be coming at you every week from now on through the end of the 2021 football season. And this is good stuff because that means... That means things are getting underway. Training camp is upon us. Are you excited? Man, I'm so happy, man. Training camp is coming. You turn on uh, NFL Network. They're talking about training camp starting up, man. It's starting to get football season, man. I love it. I hate to see the end of summer. We're right in about the middle, but I love training camp, and we're going to be coming at you every week again, man. Let's get it. Get it, get it. So today we are going to discuss the 53-man roster and predict who we think is going to make it. There's a lot of shoo-ins on the roster, but on the back end, there's going to be some very good competition. And I'm looking forward to seeing how this is going to break out. But before we get into that, you know, I have had a boring couple of weeks. Now, my wife went out of town that didn't suck per se, uh, but I haven't been doing anything of note. The same is not true of you, is it? <laughs> well, I've been gone, man. As you all know, if you've been following us, two weeks ago I did. Uh, we recorded. I was at my boy house in St. Louis, and so uh, yeah. I mean, we've been gone. I- I've been gone for three weeks. I just got back last night. I've drove over thirty-five hours the last three weeks, and. I even took a nap today, and I'm not a, like a napper. I even had to take a nap, man. I was exhausted after I had to go get a uh, oil change for the old minivan, dude. I ran up a lot of miles on old Betsy. So, uh, do you remember that commercial, man? When they talking about the minivan mafia, 
You remember that? And they had the little rap. They <laughs> yeah. had the little rap about the minivan about maybe two, three years ago. Yeah. Yeah, that's me, man, in the minivan, dude. So it's very uh, practical having a minivan, I tell you. I know it, it ain't that cool looking, but, yeah, it's very practical. It is it's practical, very- especially when you're taking the kids to and from college, let's say. Mm-hmm. You can really yeah. load that thing up. But that, that's what my family had when I was, uh, when, well, starting when I was in fifth grade. And my mother pretty much had one the rest of my childhood. I got you. So, yeah, man, I went to St. Louis. I stopped by uh, my parents' house, man. I was in Ray's Boom Boom Room. And he was smoking <laughs> as usual. I had the house at 78 degrees. So I only Jeez. stayed there two days before I went ahead and left for Atlanta. Um, cause my daughter had, uh, two basketball tournaments. She went from Louisville and then played in war games at SummerSlam in Atlanta. But before we went to Atlanta, I stopped in Augusta, uh, Georgia, uh, on the border of South Carolina and went to Peach Jam. Do you know anything about that? No, what's Peach Jam? It's the, uh, Nike national championship. And, um, the championship and semifinal games was actually on ESPN on Saturday and Sunday. And so it's the AAU Nike National Championship for boys and girls. So it's it's a big deal, man. And so, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I drove there because the team out of St. Louis, Brad Bill Elite, which Brad Bill sponsors from the Washington Wizards. Bradley um, Beal? Yeah. It's yeah. his team. His AAU team lost the team final out of Philly in the championship. And if you haven't heard the name, remember the name Jalen Duran. He, he was the number two player in the country, senior class. Next year, he'll probably go to G League, and he'll be probably the number one and number two pick of the draft two years from now. Jalen Duran? Yeah. Yeah, he's a beast. He looks uh-huh. like a pro already. 6'8", 220, looks like a pro already. Was your daughter Simone playing? No, she wasn't playing in Peace Jam. She was playing in Atlanta. That's um, Peace Jam is probably two and a half hours outside of Atlanta. Oh, and so you made she, a special trip for that. Yeah, yeah, because uh, my best friend, Kelly Thames, who played at Missouri, his son plays for Brad Bill Elite, who just committed to St. Louis U a couple of weeks ago. I think I talked about that. You did mention ago. that. Yeah, so he, I consider him like my brother, and he's my nephew. So I went to support him, and they made it to the championship game. But wow. better than them going to the championship game also is – I don't know if you follow me on Twitter. I know a lot of the fans um, saw it and liked the comments, and I appreciate the love, and Simone appreciates it. So my daughter is, like, infatuated or got puppy love for uh, Bronny James, which is LeBron James' son, (laughs) right? He's a good-looking kid. He's a handsome guy. He's a handsome guy. He's, what, 16 years old? Yeah. And she's 15? She's 14 now. 14. She just turned 14 three weeks ago. So – and she got a crush on him. She was like, oh, my God, you know, I want to meet Bronny. So, you know, I had to do what a dad does. So we wind up going to his game, right? And so his game wasn't that packed. It was little to nobody there. They were playing Vegas Elite, all right? And so we're sitting there, whatever, and I see LeBron's mom. She hugs Bronny and all that. And I was like, okay, that's LeBron James' mom, you know, Gloria James, you know? And so – uh I was like, you need to ask her if you could take a picture with Bronny. She was like, no, no. I was like, no, you need to do that. Like, she'll probably do it. And so she walks down, and she sits next to her and asks her, you know, can I take a picture? She's like, sure, no problem. So she turns around, looked at me, gave me the thumbs up. <laughs> Five minutes after that, here comes Savannah. Savannah's LeBron James' wife, okay. right? So you got Savannah James, and then the younger son comes in, sits on the bench. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is happening. This is happening. 
because you look at the time, like, you know, Space Jam came out this past weekend, and LeBron was at uh, the Phoenix game in Phoenix, right? So two back-to-back days. Uh-huh. So then not even two minutes later, here comes LeBron and his security. And uh-huh. they literally sit right next to us, right? So at this point, like, Simone's, like, freaking out, right? <laughs> and so... <laughs> And so, yeah, so then after the game, you know, we sitting there talking, whatever, he high-fiving, you know, he's high-fiving the kids around us, high-fiving Simone, whatever. And then uh, after the game, you know, obviously they had it all kind of roped off where LeBron's team and LeBron was. And so some uh, Gloria James walked Simone, like, here, come here, baby, and she walks over to Bronny and was like, yeah, you know, this young lady want to take a pitch with you. So LeBron, now I'm back like 10 feet away. You know what I'm saying? I'm not walking up with Simone. I'm like, this is your thing. You handle it. Yeah. And so she walks over to Bronny. I'm like 10, 15 feet away. And then LeBron, you know, talks to her. They whatever talking while uh, Bronny's changing. And then he icing his knees or whatever. And then LeBron grabs Simone's phone and takes a picture of them two together. So then I'm <sighs> taking pictures. I'm 10 feet away. I'm taking pictures and recording everything. Nice. And so, and so, like, you know, he talked to whatever. And, like, you got to realize, at this point, the place is, like, clamoring. You know, as soon as LeBron walks in the gym, you can see everybody on their phone, everybody trying to get over to where we were already at, right? But yeah. then the security was like, no, no, like, shutting it down. You know what I'm saying? So you got to realize, at this by this point, it's like 100 kids all trying to get what Simone's doing right now. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And if you let everybody in, LeBron would never get out of there. Exactly. Right? So, exactly. So, he talking to her and all that stuff, and he take the picture. So, then Simone comes to me, and she's literally, like, crying and shaking. She was like, I can't believe this. And all that. And I was like, oh, well, it's good stuff. You know what I'm saying? You so, know, learn a thing or two from her dad. You get more access to athletes and stars than anyone I've ever met. She's got the best teacher there is. Right. Yeah, man. So I was very happy. And then even after LeBron kind of left, Glory was just sitting there talking to Simone. Like she was like, you would think that she was her auntie or something. Really? Like I was just like, oh man, this is awesome. You know? Oh, wow. And so I was just like, you know, obviously I'm a Wizards fan all day. But after that experience, I'm a big LeBron James fan, man. Because, I, I mean, it, it it has to be hard to be able to try to be as normal as possible. And you're probably the biggest icon in the world. Like, LeBron James is probably the biggest thing in the world right now. Remember he said you know? he wanted to be a global icon? And it was like, what kind of jerk says that? Well, there he is. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't really don't follow soccer. I know that pretty boy soccer player. I mean, he's pretty good. (laughs) Like, I really don't follow soccer like that. You know, Ronaldo. Ronaldo, exactly. He's probably bigger than that other soccer player. But then, yeah, it's probably LeBron James, dude, globally. You know what I'm saying? For him just to take time and, 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 and it was hundreds of kids there. And for him to talk to Simone and be like that. I mean, as a dad, like, I looked at her, and it almost made me cry. I'm like, I probably can't do anything else that's going to match what happened Sunday. You know what I'm saying? Oh, probably not. And it's so good that you let her do it by herself because it helps her build that confidence, and they would have thought your big ass was going to create trouble or was somebody else's security or something like that. Or maybe they would have thought you were part of LeBron's security detail. 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, you're right. She has to do it on her own. Like, I showed her the way. I told her what to do. And you have to do it. This ain't me. This is you. Because, I, like, I wouldn't have been a person to take a picture with LeBron. Like, do do that for the kids. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Do it for the kids. You know, I, no. You know, so I'm like, you got to do this on your own. If you want it, you got to do it. If not, then oh well, you know. And so. Uh, wow. Yeah, that was pretty cool, man. So that's a great experience, man. That that's that's really nice. At every aspect of it is really nice. It's so it's wonderful that they treated her so well, and it's so great that she got to have a picture taken with her crush. Yeah, and that's on the screen. So my thing is, I got the picture of LeBron taking the picture. Yeah, and I put that on Twitter, but her screensaver obviously is her and uh, Bronny. You know. <laughs> so and all like I'm like and she's about to be a freshman here in a couple of weeks and I'm like oh yeah she already broke the internet everybody at her school is just like people she ain't even never met like all oh. so I mean yeah it, it was crazy this weekend's been crazy dude. well I've got to tell you the thing that struck me about that is I haven't seen Simone in a little while she looks so much older than the last time I know man I'm yeah I got a young lady man I tell you it's crazy and she's very pretty Thank you, man. That's very kind. She takes that to her mom. and ain't I knew me. you were going to say that, but you guys <laughs> actually, she does resemble you. Yeah, I appreciate it. She definitely has a narrow neck like my mom, like all the women in my mom, uh, my, all the women, because my mom is one of five sisters, and she yeah. definitely takes after them. But yeah, I mean, it's, it was bananas, man. Everybody say, well, how tall is Bronnie? Because Simone looked like she's like two inches shorter than him. Yeah, and I'd say Bronnie was probably, Bronnie's probably 6'2". And Simone is like five, ten and a half. So, I mean, she's not short at all. So, yeah, a couple inches away. Right. I was shocked at how close in height they were. Yep. So, if you haven't seen the picture, follow me on Twitter, you know, at Big underscore Newt. And uh, check it out, man. It's been great, man. And like I said, Bill's Mafia, they all, like, reached out, commented, you know, Amy, our uh, war winner of the football, she reached out. Like, oh, that's awesome. So, it's kind of cool to, you know – have your personal life, and then people in Bill's Mafia celebrate with you. Kind of like that wedding that you saw. Did you see the wedding um, where they were playing a shout song and uh, waving the Bill's flag this weekend? Yeah. Oh, I've been to awesome. weddings just like that, man. Oh, that is. I've never seen anything like it, man. I thought that was awesome. My cousin Paul's wedding was like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. I bet you that was fun. That's what we do up in Western New York. I see, man. Hey, hey, That's- hey, hey. <laughs> Yeah, so and then um yeah, so this weekend was good. I got to see um my best friend Joe Johns, who played many years with the Saints, and we talk about him in nausea, I know. Um, but I got to see him and obviously with all the stuff that coming down the pipe about COVID and uh and how the memo came out on Thursday, which you'll talk about in a sec. But I asked him about it and and he and I told him I was gonna talk about this on the pie. And so um, over a couple of beers and a half gallon of Tito's on Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> I asked him, I was like, Joe, you know, you vaccinated? You know, he was like, no, no, I don't believe And I was like, that's fine, you know. But I was like, well, what do you think about NFL players getting vaccinated? And I was like, would, if you were still in the league now, would you have got vaccinated? He was like, yes, no doubt. He was like, I'm not messing up my, my game checks. I'm not messing up anybody else's game checks. And I would just literally – like the old saying goes, I would have took one for the team. And and that's fairly typical of just about every situation in life. It Once it starts affecting the bottom line, 
people change their stances on things and right. you know I, I i get it uh but that um that memo that came out definitely started a lot of new conversation and this is not going to be another twitter or, i'm sorry this is not going to be another covid show that's not what we're doing we're here to talk about the 53 man roster but because you brought that up let's at least touch on it so the memo that came out said if a game is canceled or postponed because of a COVID spike among or resulting from non-vaccinated players and staff, then the burden of the cancellation or delay will fall on the club experiencing the COVID infection. If a game cannot be rescheduled within the current 18-week schedule and is canceled due to COVID outbreak among, once again, non-vaccinated players on one of the competing teams, the club with the outbreak will forfeit the contest and the other team will be credited with a win, but that's not, that's not where they're kicking you. It's here. The club experiencing the outbreak will be responsible for all additional expenses incurred by the opposing team and will also be required to pay any shortfall between actual and expected payment to the visiting team's share pool. If a game is canceled and cannot be rescheduled, neither team's players will receive their weekly salary. Whoa. (laughs) Whoa. And I know know we don't want to make this uh, political. We want to say like, oh, obviously you and I are both vaccinated. We talk about it. But this, this is important because it not only affects the league, but it's affecting the Buffalo Bills. Yes. That's why we're talking about it. And the NFL is generally hypersensitive to lawsuits and being sued. But they're going out there and they're basically making it uncomfortable for players to be unvaccinated. So they obviously have a very or have taken a very strong stance on the issue. And, you know, the best thing I've seen all week because the sniping started and Mongo Feliciano told people to go back to their mundane lives. And it it was just a a big storm. You saw Diggs and Jerry Hughes coming out in favor of vaccinations. You had the, the usual suspects who were uh, not talking or talking against it. And then Jerry Hughes and, Beasley got into a conversation and Hughes ended the conversation with a whole lot of love said, Hey, we may disagree, but you're my teammate. I love you. And thanks for the debate. And that's how a locker room is going to be successful when the season comes around. Right. And, and, and yeah, exactly. And you see what's happening with like you have tears. When if like Sal Capaccio talks about it every morning, like if you want to be a media person to get anywhere near the players, you have to be vaccinated. Right. Executives have to be vaccinated. Coaches. You saw this weekend a couple of coaches got demoted and one of them even quit. I think for the Vikings. Um, Rick Dennison, yeah, former Buffalo Bills Buffalo offensive Bills. coordinator. Exactly. He he quit. Right. He quit. Well, like, I'm not yeah, he basically to... stepped down at minimum for the season. Yeah. And God bless him, man. Hey, he putting his money where his mouth is. I respect yeah. it. But that's what we said when we talked about Cole Beasley. 
We're not telling you, once again, let's re-emphasize this. You can't say this enough. Just because we got vaccinated, we're not telling you you have to get vaccinated. You have an option. You could just go through all the protocols that you went through last year. If you want to play football, if you want to play. Now, if you feel like I'm not going to get vaccinated and no, I'm not going to wear a mask and and then go through the protocols, then you don't want to play then. Then then (laughs) you just retire. Right. Do like Rick Dennison and just all right, quit. Go do go somewhere where you don't have to do those things. And I know you're saying, I know you're thinking, well, you're saying that because you believe in vaccination. You're on that side. No, that's the way life is. If before the vaccination came, if I want to go to Walmart, you got to wear a mask. I'm 400 pounds. I sweat easily. I sweat just breathing. So yes, if anybody <laughs> was uncomfortable wearing a mask, it was big new. But I did it. It's the rules. You have to follow rules. You know what I'm saying? It's either this. Either put on a mask or don't come in. You can order online. We'll bring your stuff out. No, I ain't doing it. Well, okay, well, you don't want to do it then. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. That's, uh, that's, that's actually a great analogy, <laughs> the, the Walmart thing. That's that, that's a very good analogy. Because I remember um, those days, and I, my big old butt put on a mask on Walmart. That's the rule. <laughs> if not, big old butt. My big old butt did it. I sweat profusely. In a mask, but I did it to go to Walmart. Or sometimes I will order online and they bring me this stuff out. You got that option. So once again, Colby, and I want Cole Beasley on the team. Yeah, but me you too. Can't tell them what you're gonna do. You no one could tell their employer what you ain't gonna do. That ain't the way the world works. Right. You know, we're not telling you to get vaccinated. We're not telling you that, but you gotta follow these protocols. Yeah. Yeah. So So anyway. Yeah. Enough about that. Enough about that. Yeah, we're way deep here (laughs) into the pod. And we haven't gotten to the topic at hand yet, which we need to launch into right now. The 53-man roster. Let's figure out who is going to make it. Our math might not be perfect, but, you know, give us a break here. (laughs) And and, and what do we know? We're just doing it for fun because we're 48 hours out. All right. So. Let's let's dive right in at this point. Quarterback. I think Josh Allen is safe. What do you think? No, we're going to cut him. Yeah, he's, probably. He's on the line. <laughs> he's on the line. He's he's on. I don't know, man. He's on a fence. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, the backup quarterback is 100% set. Yes. And I would say the former number two overall pick is probably a, a good guy to have there. I also, agree. it makes uh, it makes his contract, well, his contract, Mitchell Trubisky this is, uh, he's got guaranteed money, so he's, he's got to make the team. Uh, beyond that, what do you think, though? Do you think All we'll right. see a third stringer? And the way I broke it up was I broke it up for the for sures, and I have 46 for sure people. And in quarterbacks, my for sure was uh, Josh Allen and Mitchell Trubisky. Yes. My perhaps is Davis Webb. Okay. Davis Webb. So and Jake Fromm is not making the team as he did last year. I think he'll. I think he'll probably be practice squad. So I'm not going to talk about that. I'm just saying, a 53 right. man roster. I think it'll be Josh Allen, Mitchell Trubisky, and perhaps Davis Webb. So we could just we could argue that, but two for sure is one possible, like a hand of spades. 
Okay. Two, two now, for sure is one possible, so I got those three. Now, because of roster construction, the Bills have a lot of players they need to keep on the line of scrimmage on both sides. They're going to have to find space. I don't think they're keeping a third no matter what. They're going to probably just put Davis Webb back on the practice squad and maybe something else, maybe from, but I think that noodle arm guy is going to end up finding another another place to play. Really? Yeah. Okay, so you got... Webb on the practice squad, and then Jake Fromm is going to get cut. Yeah, I think so. Okay. All right. Okay. Now, let's go to running back. Okay. So, we've got two third-round picks that are absolute shoe-ins, right? Yep. Singletary and Moss. Singletary and Moss. They signed Matt Breda, which is an intriguing signing, and they have a special teams ace. Taiwan Jones, right. plus a guy who looked good in the finale of last season. What do you think is going to happen? I think I think Singletary is going to make it. I think Moss is going to make it. And Taiwan Jones is going to make it because of his special team prowess. Yes. I don't see Breida making it. I don't see how – I mean, the kid's fast. Uh, he brings an element that – that we probably don't have. I just think because of the numbers, I don't think we're going to be able to retain them. And no Antonio Williams? Mm-mm. Okay. I think that they are going to keep four like they did last year, and Breda is going to become the TJ Yeldon type back that may be inactive depending on the matchup. If he can figure out a way of contributing on special teams, then he may be a game-time player. So, so that brings us four. What's that? It's because you so you got us keeping four. I got us keeping four, yes. Okay. So two quarterbacks, four running backs. Okay. All right. I'm trying to keep it like a little tally. All right. Yeah, please do. All right. All and right. So now we're gonna move on. Okay, so you got that. So we're gonna move on to receivers. Receivers. And we've got a lot of players in in the mix here. So Stefan Diggs, Emmanuel Sanders, Gabriel Davis. Cole Beasley. That's the top four. They are all lead pipe locks. Uh, all, all four of those guys are making the team. Uh, okay. You disagree? Well, I would say I was going to add Isaiah McKenzie's a lock also because he's going to do the return dude. He could be, or. Ooh. Or. <laughs> Saucy. Brandon Powell is somebody they brought in that has return experience. Perhaps, perhaps Isaiah McKenzie doesn't look good enough as a kick returner that they need to carry somebody else on the roster. I will bet you a fat steak dinner, Brandon Powell does not make the team over Isaiah McKenzie. What about Marquez Stevenson? Nope. Tanner Gentry? Nope. Okay. Not 50 man, not 53 man roster off the break. No, no way. Okay, and well, I, will I agree. Bet, I will that, say this online. I will say this that I will bet you a fat stake that that doesn't happen. I'm slapping the table. Okay, well, I I agree that Isaiah McKenzie is going to make the team. I don't think he's an absolute lock, but I think it is very likely that he's going to. Which really leaves Isaiah Hodgins, Jake Cumero, uh Lance Lenoir. Duke Williams and the three other guys I mentioned, Powell, Gentry, and Stevenson, who was drafted this year, 
all going for basically one to two spots on the roster. I have Isaiah Hodgins taking that, and the rest are probably going to try to figure out how they can make the practice squad. Okay, that's fair, especially the young guys. Yeah. I have I have Diggs, Davis, Sanders, McKenzie, Beasley as the locks. I got five locks, all right, and then I got – because we've had Duke Williams so long, man. I feel like he's a staple in Buffalo. And then uh, Marquez Stevenson, I have him. That's the possible. So, you know, so Duke five, Williams six, was seven, not seven, on the roster people. last year. Huh? Duke Williams was not on the roster last year. Okay. He was on the practice squad. Practice squad, right. Okay. Yeah. I, I think he eh. – like I said, I got him and Stevenson as a possible. The young guys, they'll probably put on a practice squad. So but the five are the locks. I feel like McKenzie's a lock. I don't know what's going to happen with Beasley. Once again, going back to the whole COVID thing, I don't know what's going to happen to him. Um, but, yeah, I got those five as the locks. And then the two, the two maybes is Duke Williams and Stevenson. Okay, so I think Isaiah Hodgins beats out Duke Williams. I think we know what Williams can do, but the press on Isaiah Hodgins has been pretty good coming out of uh, Orchard Park. So I'm thinking that with the hype that they're giving him, that they're trying to pave a path for him to make the roster. And that's very fair. You're right. They've been saying good things. That's what we want to hear. That's, But you know what? There's no pads on. There's nobody... Chucking him at the line of scrimmage. He may not be able to get off the line once it gets physical out there. Who knows? Right. Okay. So let's go to the the next position, tight end. Now, I'll start here. I have Dawson Knox making it, of course. Uh, Tommy Sweeney's going to make it. He's just uh, He's another Tyler Croft. And also, your boy from Seattle. Jacob Hollister. He's going to make it also. They're going to go with three tight ends. That's that's what I'm thinking. What about you? I got Knox and Hollister for shows, and then Sweeney's a possible. I do agree that we got to have at least three tight ends, but then mm-hmm. I got Reggie Gilliam also making the team, not to move forward, but maybe he could be the third tight end, like tight end sets, play like an H-back spot. Mm-hmm. But I have Knox and Hollister for show, and then Sweeney is that possible person. Okay, that's that's entirely reasonable because I, I thought Gilliam was I, – I thought he added a lot to the team last year. He was an athletic guy. He was a, a high-effort guy. So, yeah, he might just be lacking in size, but, you know, they, they love their special teams players on this staff. Exactly. So. And not to move forward for the fullback spot, but, yeah, I think that next spot, the fullback – Reggie Gilliam, because of his special team problems once again, and he can play H-back, be a blocking uh, flex tight end type guy, then he will make the team for show. Mm -hmm. Now let's move to the offensive line, and I'd like to split this up between tackles and interior players. And I'd like to start with the tackles. Now last year they kept three tackles on the roster. Uh, It was... Deion Dawkins and Daryl Williams, and they use Ty Inseki as their swing tackle. It's looking a little different this year. The Bills signed Bobby Hart, who's a veteran, to play the swing tackle. He was terrible for the Bengals, but they signed him nonetheless. And then they drafted Spencer Brown and Tommy Doyle. And the Bills are not ones to cut draft picks, especially higher draft picks. 
So what do you make of this position? Obviously, Deion Dawkins and Darrell Williams are starters, so they're going to be there. What happens with the other three? What I think, and you just brought up a great point. We brought Hardy in, and I, I didn't have him, but now that I think about it, I probably will add him. I know Deion is going to make it. Williams going to make it. Doyle, Brown, and Hart. Two of those three, meaning Hart, Hart's going to be the third one, and I think we're going to keep a fourth one perhaps between Brown and Doyle, and the other one to be on the practice squad. Okay. Well, I'm – I'm disagreeing on that because Bobby Hart wasn't good. <laughs> uh, in fact, there were there were a lot of people that were wondering why they even signed him. Uh, but he does have starting experience, so that kind of makes a difference. I think the Bills just love their draft picks, and Spencer Brown is definitely going to make it. I'll bet you they go with Tommy Doyle. So you're going to have four. Yeah, they're going to keep four. Okay, okay. And I I think that they're going to end up uh, dropping Bobby Hart just because he doesn't have the upside, and he's only under a one-year contract. So the other guys, they can keep him for four years, and that's going to – also, they can pay them less. So I think that's going to to win out. Um, Now, if any of them doesn't sneak through to the roster, it's going to be Tommy Doyle, and they'll do what they can to try to keep him on the practice squad. Right, right. So what what you're saying is then that you don't think Bobby Hart would be better than both Spencer Brown or Tommy Doyle? He might be, but I don't think they're going to keep him for cost and control reasons. That's fair. Okay. That's fair. So now let's look at the interior of the line. And not much has changed there. They still have a, a lot of familiar faces in the mix. Um, John Feliciano, um, Ike Butker, Mitch Morris are going to be around. But they did sign Forrest Lamp, who was a former starter and second-round pick with the Chargers. They drafted Jack Anderson at the end of the draft. Um, and you still have Cody Ford coming back. And Ryan Bates and Jordan Devy are two young veterans that have been on the roster for a couple of years now. They seem to really like uh, the versatility that Ryan Bates brings to the roster. And then they've got a couple more bodies, Jameel Douglas and Steve Gonzalez, that are also on the roster. They've got a lot of players to put on the field in the preseason games, needless to say. And I can't wait. I know you can't. You know I love my preseason football, man. You know yes. I love it. I watch every minute of it. I I like it myself. (laughs) Now, this is an interesting position when you look at the guards because Mitch Morris, if he's healthy, is going to start at center. John Feliciano is going to start at right guard. Left guard, that, that is one of the few positions on the roster that could be up in the air once they get into training camp. You could have Cody Ford, Ike Butker, and Forrest Lamp, all legitimately with shots at taking the starting job. Butker, the the team got better when Butker was on the field last year when they got rid of, mercifully got rid of Brian Winters. So how do you see this shaking out? <laughs> we knew when A.J. Epinesa ran through him in preseason camp, we knew that that wasn't going to be a good career. <laughs> we talked about it in some of our early shows, man. Oh, my God. Remember that? 
Oh my god. Yeah. He ran AJ Espinosa ran right through that guy. You can't let a rookie truck you like that. Yeah, man. He trucked that guy. Yeah, I agree, man. I mean, I we all know Feliciano, uh, Mitch Boards, and Cody Ford will be uh the interior start line. I think Ike Bunger has done enough to solidify himself as a swing interior person. Mm-hmm. <sighs> This I had a difficult I, I I those four for show. And I know we're gonna probably keep one more. I just it was I, it was a hard time trying to decide who that other person would be. Um I guess I will go with Forrest Lamp, but I'm not I say it with little to no confidence. I I, I believe in Feliciano Morse Ford and Ike Buckinger, and after that it's just toss it against the wall. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to see, I don't know who's going to start, but Morse makes it in Feliciano. And then I don't think that they're ready to throw in the towel on Cody Ford. He makes it. Butker earned a place on the roster by being a solidifying force last year. Yes. They love Ryan Bates because he can play just about any position on the line. And I think the Final interior position is going to go to Forrest Lamp because I think his experience is something that they're going to like. They seem to like veterans and, you know, maybe he can play better than he did. He was a little below average in, uh, well, in Los Angeles, I was going to say San Diego, but maybe he can come around. Um, You know, he had a lot of injuries, but if he can stay healthy, Maybe he can steal the job, so that that's why that's why I say they keep him because he has the possibility of stealing it. That's fair. I can see that. On to the defensive side of the ball, the defensive ends. Now, there's a few guys that are going to make it because basically their their contracts dictate it. I'm looking at you, Mario Addison. Uh, Jerry Hughes, one of the best players on the team and has been for many years. And they're not going to cut any recent draft picks. So AJ Epinesa, Boogie Basham, Gregory Russo, they're all going to make it. So maybe that's it. Maybe they only go with those five guys. Or maybe a sixth makes the roster, and that will be competition between Mike Love, F.A. Obata, and Daryl Johnson. Do you see any of them making the team? I have my for shows, Jerry Hughes and Boogie. All right? Okay. Then I got Greg Russo, A.J. Epinesa. I don't know if Mario Addison makes it. Mario Addison, I think, is going to make it because they gave him guaranteed money in exchange for reducing the length of his contract. Okay. So now he's in a walk here. All right. So maybe yeah. they trade him now. Yeah. I was thinking maybe he might, he might be a casualty of his contract, but you probably know more about it than me. I think those four are the locks. And then okay. everybody else is possible. I think, and this is going to probably surprise people, but I think F.A. Obata makes the team. Okay. I think F.A. Obata makes the team because they, while they signed him to a one-year veteran minimum contract, they're still guaranteeing him 
over $800,000. That's not a contract you give to somebody who you don't expect to make the team. So as a, as a unit, I have Jerry Hughes, Epinesa, Mario Addison because of the contract, Greg Rousseau, Boogie Basham, and F.A. Obata, and one of Greg Rousseau or Boogie gets stashed on the injured list. Okay, that's fair. They're they're going to hide one of them. Way to be creative. And it sounds like it's going to be Greg Rousseau because, I mean, on all accounts, I feel like we all know that Boogie's probably more prepared to play than Greg. So Yeah. I can see that. That's fair. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's a very interesting position because there are so many bodies there and none of them are terrible. Right. You know, you, we're not looking at a Trent Murphy type on the roster this year. Right. Unless the rookies end up falling on their face, who knows? And, and we talked about this before because of the talent level on this roster. Now we're going to let it's going to be talented. People get let go. Yeah. So don't feel bad. It ain't a situation where we're letting people go and, oh, we're being stupid. No, it's just going to be a numbers game. So mm-hmm. yeah. Now, the next position that we're going to talk about is defensive tackle. And this is interesting because the Bills have a number of defensive ends that have the ability to kick inside if they need to. Obata is one of them. Basham is another. Rousseau did that in his freshman year at Miami. And Mario Addison can do it on passing downs as well. So that kind of eliminates the need for as many defensive tackles. And for a, from a roster construction mindset, you probably have to keep fewer than you would like. So who do you have the Bills keeping? And I know, see, I'm just, I'm, hey, I'm all over the place. I know you're going to disagree with this one, man. I'm giving you hot points here. I think we're going to keep Star, Ed Oliver, Harrison Phillips, and Justin Zimmer. Okay. I, I, I don't disagree with that. Um, I, I think Harrison Phillips is probably going to have the biggest turnaround season of any Bills player. He's going to be healthy finally, and he's going to make a difference like he did in his rookie season. The one difference I have with you, though, because I have them keeping four also, I loved Justin Zimmer this past season, but they owe Vernon Butler guaranteed money. That's why I knew you was going to say that. That's why I was like, yeah, this is what you're going to disagree on. And it pains me to chalk in Vernon Butler there because I don't think he's as good a player. If you look at the pass rush win rate that Justin Zimmer had, it was better than Vernon Butler. There's no reason to keep him other than the contract. I love having the high effort, uh, that the high effort undrafted free agents that make a career for themselves. I just think that they're going to make a bad decision and keep Vernon Butler. I guess I'm hoping we would do the right thing and keep Justin Zimmer. So I don't want it to be a a numbers thing. I don't want it to be a money thing, but it probably will be. So maybe it's just wishful optimistic thinking on, on big new part, but I think we, we should keep Zimmer, but you're right. Vernon Butler probably will make a roster spot. And probably even Mario Addison because of their contracts. I'm not sure, but I don't. I don't. If it was me as a GM, I wouldn't have kept either one of them. Go young. 
No, they seem to they seem to lock themselves into contracts that aren't necessarily a good look. But eh. uh, anyway, that brings us to another position on the depth chart: the linebackers. And I find this position to be fairly interesting because they only keep two of them on the field at any given time. And we know who those two guys are. It's Tremaine Edmonds and it's Matt Milano, right. who just signed a big new deal. Tremaine Edmonds just got his fifth-year option exercised. And then you have the guaranteed contract of A.J. Klein, which means he's going to be on the roster, I think. Right. And now you've got, well, you've got a, a boatload of guys that are competing for maybe two spots because – it seems like Tyler Medikevich is a, a guy that the coaching staff really likes for his special teams prowess. He'll be on the team. And now you have maybe one spot that Tyrell Dodson, Andre Smith, Markel Lee, Tyrell Adams, and Joe Giles Harris are all competing for. Unless they keep six linebackers, but I don't think they will because they're going to try to keep more defensive ends. I can see that, but once again, that's why I have my defensive nu- uh, end numbers low because I got them keeping six linebackers. Mm-hmm. So Milano, Edmonds, and Klein, and then Smith, Medikavich, and Adams, I feel like are all make the team. So I got six. So I have a few few less defensive ends than you, but keep six linebackers. Okay. I have them I, I have them keeping five, and my guy is going to be Andre Smith. Just because I think that they they like him, they developed him on the practice squad, and he ended up taking more more snaps than Dodson from you know about the middle of the season on. Um, but yeah, they've got they've got a lot of money tied up in just a few guys there, and it's it's upsetting to me that they have so much money tied up in. AJ Klein that they can't get out from under it. Okay. Yeah. Now let's go to the smaller guys out on the boundary. Do you think Trey White's going to make it? If they were to cut Trey Light, I would no longer not only be a Buffalo Bills fan, but I would not watch NFL ever again in life. <laughs> I, I think you're guaranteed for that to not happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, so who do you like at that position? I got Trey White, I got Teron Johnson, I got Dane Jackson. Okay. I got Levi Wallace, Saran Neal, and Cam Lewis. I got us keeping six corners. Okay. So I'm going to make only one adjustment there okay. and take Rashad Wild Goose over Cam Lewis. Okay. I think Cam Lewis is uh a practice squad candidate yet again, but you know, they didn't draft him and they love their draft picks. Uh, Saran Neal could be on the bubble though. He's become, he's become a a core special teams player, but he hasn't seemed to put too much together on defense, but it seems as though they're probably comfortable with him. They, They don't like a lot of turnover. So that's, you know, that's where we are. Uh, yeah. with those guys. Um, I wouldn't argue one, that. One of the things going in Wild Goose's favor is that he can 
He can play both boundary and slot corner. And I wouldn't be terribly surprised if at that position we see an undrafted free agent sneak onto the team. You just never know. Elijah Griffin? That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Regulate, buddy. You just want him to make it so you can talk about his dad all the time. That's really, that's 100% true. <laughs> I know you, my friend. He'll definitely make, I feel like he'll make, Wild Goose and Griffin will both be on the practice squad regardless, so I don't think we'll just cut them and they'll leave. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. So, so finally, in the defensive backfield, we've got safety. I've got room for four of them on the roster. How about you? I have five. I have five. You have five. Tell I me who. Five. Poyer, Hyde. Josh Thomas, Jaquan Johnson, and DeMar Hamlin. Those are the ones that I have, although I think that they're probably I, – I have them uh, letting go of Josh Thomas. Okay. I, I sort of feel like if you have Saran Neal on the roster, it makes Josh Thomas expendable. That's fair. I can see that. I wouldn't argue that. Um, but – you know, I, I, I don't think it's a bad choice. I think he gives you a physical element that the other guys aren't going to. So, okay. um, And then we've got the specialists. And I think it's kind of a foregone conclusion. It's going to be Tyler Bass, Matt Hack, and Reed Ferguson. Yep. They're all for sure. Well, there we go. That is the 53-man Buffalo Bills roster. Do you agree? Do you disagree? How are these guys going to show up on Madden and who's going to be the biggest star? Let us know. I'm at the Jamie D'Amico. He's at big underscore newt. Speaking of Madden. Man, this is Madden week. We all know that Madden drops for us gamers on August 20th. So already this week, they, they talked about the rookies. Um, Kyle Pitts is the highest rated rookie on the game at an 81. Trevor Lawrence is a 78, Patrick Sertan 76, Devontae Simpson 75, Justin Fields is 74. Um, the 99 club, which is the 99 overall rated players, came out as far as wide receivers, top 10. Um, Devontae Smith was a 99, he's number one. And Stefan Diggs, a 97 overall, is the number four receiver on the game. So that makes me feel good, man. Um, Devontae Adams was one. DeAndre Hopkins was a 98. Tyreek Hill, then Stephon Diggs. He made it over Julio Jones, uh, Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen, Amari Cooper, Mike Evans, and Allen Robinson is a 90 overall. That's the top 10 receivers. So we record on Mondays. Hopefully tomorrow the quarterback position gets out tomorrow. So um, – Jalen, my son Jalen, who's my co-producer, he, I had to shout him out because he's the Madden guy. Um, he's on it all day, every day on the PS5, so he told me I have to shout him out for his research. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he was like, you better shout me out on the pod. I like, promise, I promise, big buddy, I'll do it. Oh, um, I like that guy. He did, all, he did all the research, let me know what's going on. So he got on and Josh Allen was at 88 to end the season. So I seems I, low, doesn't it? Yeah, especially throwing for all the yards he did and finishing second for MVP. So on the game, I'm hoping that if it comes out tomorrow, he'd be a top five quarterback on the game 
and I, hopefully he's ranked a 95 or 96, but we have to wait the next week to talk about I would that. think so. Yeah. Man. Yeah. So they need to give him his props. He ended it at 88, so I see uh, the best quarterback on the game probably is going to be Aaron Rodgers because he was a former MVP. Mahomes will be, probably be a 99. Uh, Lamar Jackson will be up there. So hopefully, hopefully uh, Tom Brady will probably take a step back. But uh, hopefully Josh Allen gets it. It's kind of hard to argue with Aaron Rodgers being at the top spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but hopefully Josh Allen can outplay him this year. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, like I said, uh, Patty Mahomes will be up there. Um, and then once you're in the MVP, like the year before, I think Lamar Jackson started the year as a 99, and then he eventually went down to 91. Uh, but if you're the MVP, usually they give you the props and give you a 99. So hopefully they give him at least a 95, 96. And if you play the game, you could dominate your friends, man. So it'll be a <laughs> lovely thing. Oh, and one last thing. I went into a Goodwill store or a thrift store of some sort. It wasn't Goodwill on Sunday. And I'm looking through the long sleeve t-shirts just on a, on a whim. And don't you know, I come across a Buffalo long sleeve Buffalo bills t-shirt that has number 17 and says Allen on the back. <laughs> Did you get it? Yes. Yeah, best $3 and 50 cents I've ever spent. <laughs> what was they thinking, man? I guess they thought that after his first year, they were like, Oh, I'm getting rid of this man. Forget him. Uh, how could you? Some people give up on people early. Well, I guess I, I was close to being one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Um, so looking forward to now we're going to be on every week and and uh, we'll be on next week and we'll be talking about what happened in training camp this week and we'll talk more about Mad ratings. Absolutely. And thank you, everybody, for joining us. It was a lot of fun. Did you have fun, Big Newt? You know I always have fun when I get with you, man. I appreciate that. We coming up on our year anniversary, man. We're going to have to do a blowout, man. I tell you, man, our year anniversary coming up in a couple of weeks. Oh, look out for that anniversary show. It's going to – right now we're planning on uh, stringing together a best of show. It's going to take a lot of work, but, man, I think you all deserve it. So, anyway, Big Newt, do you have a song for us? 48 hours before training camp, man. Bill's Mafia. Love y'all. Hey, hey, hey.